or you can say that we have come up with a formula of CRO now. and we have broken down the entire CRO journey in four parts. This is the mantra that we have uh, cracked internally and this is the formula that we have got and we see the entire e-commerce journey in only these four funnels. User engagement and retention is a crucial but least understood aspect of a growing a successful business. We are here to change that. Hi, this is Ankur. Join me as I dive into conversation with the best and brightest minds in user engagement to help you navigate the why, what and how of this subject. Hi, good morning everyone. This is uh, yet another episode of the State of Retention Marketing Podcast. Here I have Ronak Sahewal with me. He's the Chief Growth Officer at Candio. Candio is a jewellery company which is selling several hundred crores worth of jewellery online, which is quite an impressive feat given that uh, Indians' obsession with uh, physical experiences of stores and traditionally how we bought jewellery over these decades. But we have Ronak and he's scaled uh, the brand over the last several years into a fairly meaningful contributor to Kalyan Jewellers now. And we're talking about retention, right? So welcome Ronak, thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me, Ankur. Great, so Ronak, I'd love to start with, you know, some very, very basic stuff on your own personal journey on how you've come to this position and uh, what are the roles you've played and how it's played out. Uh, sure, definitely. So I would start with my first stint. Uh, so basically, right after engineering, I landed up into Infosys and I was a system engineer out there. Uh, from system engineer to senior system engineer, I did a lot of things over there, uh, right from testing to development to new projects, so on and so forth. Uh, but uh, always I had this knack of uh, business and going, going towards marketing side of things. So that is where I started to take a break. And uh, then I uh, learned a lot of marketing concepts, did a lot of certifications, yeah. so on and so forth, did my MBA as well. And then landed up into Candir. Uh, so at Candir, I started my journey uh, as a paid campaign specialist uh, back in 2018. And uh, now 2023, I'm the chief growth officer over here. So it's a long path that I've traveled and uh, it has been quite interesting and uh, since it is a startup, uh, things are quite dynamic and that is how it has been. So You know, zoom yeah. into some of the fun episodes or interesting phases from your uh, paid marketing guide to the chief growth officer journey. Sure, sure, definitely. So uh, being a startup, things are quite, not quite defined when it comes to different roles uh, that a and person would play. I mean, you're still saying it's a startup. Yeah, yeah, because it is still a startup. Because within the larger umbrella of Kalyan, it still yeah, operates pretty independently. Yeah, it is still a startup, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So though we are uh, uh, tied up with Kalyan Jewelers, which is a national hmm. brand, we like to call ourselves a startup because that is where the enthusiasm and uh, knack to... Uh, so it comes with startup. Sure. So uh, that is what it is. And uh, so from paid campaign specialist, so there are multiple hats that I have played. Uh, not just paid campaign specialist, but the entire marketing suit. So how do I stitch various pieces of marketing? It'd be paid marketing, it'd be organic marketing, uh, it'd be uh, retention, it'd be automation, various other things. Sure. So all of these things we have traveled from the very beginning until today. Mm. And now since I know the business in and out, what are the various things that are associated, factors which leads to business, so on and so forth, which eventually leads me over here. Very cool. So you've seen the journey from pretty closely. You were there since 2018, you said. Yeah, and yeah. Candir uh, was at what scale at that point? Of time, if, you, if you're able to uh, share that. So I can say that Candir was at X scale hmm. and currently it is doing 10x. Awesome. So about five years and 10x the scale. Yes. yes. And uh, I can imagine this is a much more, let's say, controlled slash sensibly planned growth is my assessment. But great. Let's just zoom into this part around... Uh, you know, when you talk about marketing as a function in a jewelry kind of setup in e-commerce industry, again, there is a lot of trust to be built given that mm. Indians don't operate the way they do. And you've seen that journey evolve. So uh, what are the metrics you'll be tracking uh, while this is all playing out? And these are the things that you care about on an everyday basis, every week basis, every month basis. How would you zoom into those? So uh, Candor is a data-driven organization and the metrics that we look here is insane. So basically what we have defined is that, or you can say that we have come up with a formula of CRO. Now okay. CRO stands for conversion rate optimization. And we have broken down the entire CRO journey in four parts. Hmm. Uh, I would like to call them as PS, uh, AP, OA and CO. This is the mantra that we have uh, cracked internally and this is the hmm. formula that we have got. And we see the entire e-commerce journey in only these four funnels. Now, would you be able to talk more about them? Sure. Uh, so PS essentially stands for all the users who have come onto my product page. Mm -hmm. uh, these are essentially uh, users from users who come onto the website, then travel to uh, product page. So this mm -hmm. is the first leg of it. 
Next is AP, that is users mm. who have done product view and then added to cart as well. So this is a journey from product view to add to cart. Mm. OA is essentially, uh, now OA is, uh, OA is something that we call as opportunity. So from okay. add to cart to opportunity. So we have defined a formula for opportunity in our case, that is users who go on to the payment page as well. Mm. And after uh, payment page, uh, the end success comes at conversion, which mm. is like CEO, uh, opportunity mm. to conversion. Mm. So we see the entire funnel uh, in these four parts and that is how we crack it. And we, we exactly know where the uh, issue is mm. and uh, different stakeholders, different teams are involved in each of these uh, four verticals or funnels, you can say. So basis that we kind of work on it. And this Interesting. Is what, so this is like zooming in, breaking down the consumer journey on the yes. platform into a very, very, you know, kind of microscopic lens yes, and then yes. uh, looking at the experience from there. So is it fair to then say that a lot of your effort is about conversion of users in the session while they're in? Because jewelry is also not a, you know, a purchase which you make often. So I don't know mm -hmm. how retention plays versus how conversion plays. Uh, would you be able to delve a little bit into this? Uh, yes, definitely. So uh, it's not just a conversion that we're looking at, uh, but more from... Uh, what can I say, uh, the customer pain points that we are trying to solve, hmm. what kind of design that, that we are providing to the customers. For okay. example, if Ankur or Ranak as a customer comes onto the website, they are they are, they are are on the website for some reason, right? Sure. Maybe we are looking for a product, maybe we are looking for a service, maybe we are just exploring designs, so on hmm. and so forth. Now, basis that we have crafted different uh, journeys for the hmm. customer. And if we are able to map the journey or intent of the customer with our journey, nothing like it. Sure. So uh, we identify at each level, we identify the different set of users who are coming in for mm. what kind of uh, uh, offering that they're looking at or intent. Mm. And basis that they flow in the respective funnels and then we see the our end uh, conversions which happens. Okay. So, so conversion is the same journey say, of the user, which means uh, if I've come to the platform once, mm -hmm. I would have, let's say, different paths I could take. And that yeah. is, let's say, where you're doing a lot of curation to make sure I have a certain journey basis, the intent I'd yes, come in with. Yes. And uh, the steps in my journey get optimized from a conversion perspective. Now, uh, this is still talking about a single session conversion play versus a re-engagement retention reorder play. Yeah. So in terms of your mind share and mm -hmm. the kind of ticket sizes you operate with, I'm assuming yeah. there's a spectrum, but is there a center point of your sweet spot that where your ticket sizes operate? Yeah, yes, definitely. So our ticket values range between like uh, 30 to 35,000. So that is what which, our ticket which value is. make it is. an occasion purchase? In some uh, sense? Actually, no. Uh, yeah. So that was a initial bias that each of us uh, has that yeah. jewelry is not purchased daily or people don't do it. But essentially, people do it. So uh, there is a lot of impulse buying that is happening. Mm. There is a lot of uh, gifting that happens. There is a lot of occasional buying that happens. So it is a mixture of all these kind of purposes that, that are mm. clubbed together and then uh, a jewelry but is purchased. Wouldn't that be amazing if you were able to sell 35-40k kind of stuff with impulse kind of behaviors? Yeah. That's such an amazing position to be definitely, in. Right? Definitely. Yeah. So I mean, that obviously goes against the uh, common thought that one would yeah, have about jewelry. Yeah. But tell me something now, jewelry in e-commerce and you're at a fairly decent scale, it runs into mm -hmm. hundreds of pros is my impression. Mm. How uh, has the shift kind of played out in terms of was it like uh, ease of access, ease of variety, ease of options or what is it that the consumers uh, coming to online platforms for? I mean everything. Uh, mm. So it's not just one thing, uh, but to enlist a few, it could be, for example, when we go offline, uh, do you get access to thousands of designs sure. to view at? So uh, probably there could be a few tens or few hundreds if a customer is willing to look at those designs. Mm. But online, the you can see actually infinite thousands catalog. of designs, infinite yeah. catalog, How right? Big is catalog? So uh, it's almost ten thousand plus 10, SKUs. Wow. So you can browse all of them. Hmm. Moreover, uh, we are using or leveraging technology to such an extent wherein user can actually see the product on themselves by using virtual reality, hmm. augmented reality. Hmm. They can actually view those products on them as to how it looks. So uh, we are doing n numerous. So this stuff. is the experiential side. So one is a variety. Yeah. Second is a whatever uh, experiencing Experience, on yourself. So yes. the whole virtual thing, of you know what people would do in front of the mirror, right, you're able right. to do it virtually as well. Moreover, okay. transparency uh, mm. offline. Uh, I am sure uh, that a lot of national players are transparent, mm. including Alianjalas. But uh, the kind of transparency, the kind of questions that a customer has mm. uh, online, he gets answers to all of them. Because uh, he or she gets price breakup, he gets various other details of mm. uh, the product that he's buying. And that's your trust building yes. exercise in some yes. sense, right? Yes. So it's a high value category, people will take time to build trust and that's where you put in this upfront conscious effort of Correct. putting all this content out upfront in some sense. Right. Okay, so this brand which is transparent, what else is driving people online? Uh, Okay, ease category. of access, uh, yeah. we talked about, we talked about… Ease of access, uh, experience, experience uh, the variety of about, choices. Yeah. So, and… Uh, 
what's the demographic of these people? Who are these people? Where are they from? Uh, so, uh, essentially, Kander is positioned mainly for uh, tier one cities. Mm. Uh, we are seeing uh, people from uh, aged between uh, almost 30 to 45 kind of uh, age bracket is there. Mm. Uh, or we would want to call them like uh, modern parents uh, mm. who are essentially into this journey of uh, being called as proud parents because they are earning well, they sure. are they are good, they are doing good in their lives. Mm. Uh, but a significant shift that we have seen in the recent time is that people from tier two, tier three are also coming onto our platform, mm. and they are engaging like no one uh, would expect. Uh, so uh, th there is a shift in pattern and that is happening. And there also it's a big function of the kind of catalog they have access to yes, here is amazing. Yes, yes. And this um, you know adoption of the Kalyan kind of relationship yeah, help yeah. matters in terms of building trust. Definitely, I'm definitely. Sure, right? Yeah, yeah. Because, because uh, it's a legendary uh, brand, mm. right? So uh, it's out there since 1993. Uh, people love Kalyan jewelers, and uh, that is the backbone of Kander as well. And you have brand ambassadors which have yeah, done quite yeah, well. Yeah, so there yeah, is the yeah. whole soft side of how people trust the brand and then there is a the hard side of the data science which Correct. you put in motion to get all of this conversion in place. Right. So I'm going to break this down into a bit of, let's say, the same session bit that you spoke about the four areas. Mm -hmm. uh, and within this, if you were to, let's say, zoom in a little bit to understand that, you know, give me examples of interventions that you've made. Mm -hmm. I mean, I see examples from people like Booking.com who will create a sense of confidence that, okay, 20 people from your country have booked this room or yeah, a sense yeah. of... Uh, urgency that you know there are only two rooms left of this kind right. what are the interventions you would make at different places within your customer journey which you can give examples of so uh, basically uh, if you see that uh, i'll just take a very small example of say mm. ps uh, mm. users coming onto the website mm. uh, but not being able to uh, go onto the product page now this would essentially indicate that they are not being shown the right kind of products that they're looking at okay so uh, we have uh, a ai tool in the back end uh, which essentially looks at uh, what kind of products are working well or what you kind of working product well. working well and mm -hmm. what kind of products would suit the right kind of geography uh, okay. or say demography. Okay. Uh, so for example, Rana comes in onto the page and uh, we know that uh, Bezos is browsing behavior or search patterns. Uh, he's, he's looking forward to XYZ kind of a jewelry. Sure. So when he lands onto a page, the page is curated for Rana and Ankur as a customer. This is the... Uh the listing page. Listing page. The listing page wherein all the products are there because mm. a customer travels from listing page to product page. Correct. People would uh, can land directly to product sure. page as well because of various uh, shopping campaigns, so on mm. and so forth. But I'm talking about the interventions that we do. Mm. So on listing page, we do uh, so merchandising play a very key role. Sure. Uh, so uh, if I show the right so kind of product, this is 10,000 SKUs. You yeah. curate a bunch of, or is there a sorting algorithm of some yes, sort which will yes. then put a set of products before yes. the others? In Correct. my view, is a view of you. And this is the AI that you're talking about, which yes. factors geography, which factors browsing behavior, which factors a lot of data points that yes. I might have given. And uh, just from an allocation of traffic and spends, uh, since mm. you do, uh, you've done all that performance marketing on the side as well. Right. Uh, is there a lot of traffic being driven via shopping campaigns or the product pages, and then the conversion happens from there? Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. what's the uh, larger part of your uh, inbound traffic? In so context? a lot of traffic comes onto the uh, product page Home directly. Page. Product page directly via shopping yes. campaigns. Okay? So, but it never happens that a user comes onto a product page hmm. and eventually makes a checkout and Achha. other conversion happens. Uh, okay, people so that's would want to coming in but not converting. Yes, hmm. uh, immediately, not immediately being converted. Because uh, of the value as well. Yes, uh, the value is high. And people would want to see multiple products, sure. right? And that is where the engine comes in. because Nobody buys jewelry by just seeing one product. Yes, How exactly. much ever impulsive they might be. <laughs> exactly. Hmm. So uh, that is what happens. So people kind of view multiple products. And that is where our engine comes in. Yeah, like a comparison in. engine also? People do that? Uh, comparison or engine, they just do it multiple tabs? They do it multiple tabs. That's and uh, so the comparison engine is in the making. So that you're is, doing that as well. Yes. Is that because you understood that people want to like look at whatever granular data to compare with each other? Yes, yes, yes. And That's a customer journey that, uh, that is you typically You think there. it's a yes. fair expectation. Right. How about this whole uh, social thing? Because I'm sure anybody buying jewelry at that price is not just buying alone. Correct. They will want to show it to people maybe right. virtually, maybe in person. So how does, uh, is that something you kind of focus on consciously? Or is this URL share ke ho jata hai? Yeah, definitely. So social sharing also happens mm -hmm. and we are uh, very bullish on social as well. So if you see, go on to our Instagram platforms and just uh, have sure. a look at what kind of jewelry is being displayed out there. Uh, so our social team takes a lot of effort with respect to that. Mm. And jewelry in itself is kind of a product wherein people would want to boast about. People would want to uh, show like, it off. Show it, show it half off. of the purpose is yes. like that. Yeah. So uh, that is what it is. And social plays a very vital role over here. Uh, so that, that really happens. So social, I mean, so, you know, when we talk about traffic that's incoming, you said that there's a lot of traffic that comes to the product pages directly. Uh, which is the shopping campaigns. Instagram yeah. might also do some of that yes. in that sense. 
but then there is also certain amount of traffic that would come directly and then there's people coming in for the second time and then the third time and because it's a high yeah, involvement yeah, play yeah, yeah. Uh, and you track that information that okay this guy's coming for the third time and seeing this fraud for the third time is likely he's going to buy this let me do something to intervene right that's where the journey from uh, the ps to the ap the cart is actually happening right so how does that orchestrate so uh, so that is what the customer journey is mm. so we kind of see that so the entire uh, list of users which comes onto the website or the entire pool that comes in so you can break it down into a different segments so one user is something who would, might not return he he might just bounce off and you have be, some variables which are going to yes. tell you that, that this is a set of yes. users so you're identifying that user even before he actually goes yes yes okay? this so, is interesting because i've seen parallels in gaming where they do some work with this mm-hmm. but i'm very curious to see what do you do here so that is one segment second mm-hmm. segment is of returning users third segment is probably of a buyer uh, who comes again to purchase that is a repeat purchase so on and Would so forth tell me how do you identify these three so, in some uh, sense you know, so, give me some indicative uh, variables so there are, there are uh, different ways a user come on uh, comes onto the website mm-hmm. he or she logs in sure. so we directly get a indicator that uh, that this customer has logged in or ye jo hai isne login kar liya that means he or she is a buyer non buyer we directly identify over there history wise history wise yes matlab pehle khareed deni hai which is one correct and uh, once he do, uh, does that uh, we have auto login system as well wherein we do okay. not want friction in that journey as well mm. uh, most of the time when the user returns back onto the journey mm. uh, he is auto logged in uh that is a, a functionality uh, not a cookie wise uh, essentially from uh, you have one tap google systems right you Achha. just click one tap or uh, login ho gaya uh, also a session is saved uh, in the browser itself okay. so we do not do it but the customer ka hmm. browser settings are such sure. where in the session so is saved okay. and he comes in uh, he gets a seamless experience he hmm. need not log in again like one step left yes. uh, reduce so yes. friction reduces data right. also gets richer no right. every time he comes in you are able exactly. to log that information okay exactly so uh, all all of those things are there so we uh, tr- we try to give different kind of experience to different user bases they are uh, a past journey so examples would be very fun to hear whatever you can share uh, definitely so uh, one would be say i am a customer i am looking forward to i saw five products uh, there are two to three products which i added to cart as well now i abandoned my uh, website and i went on to do something else hmm. again after second in, in the second day i come in i start my journey right there I have the right kind of products in my cart. I know what kind of products I have created. If I go onto the listing page, I would get similar products of all the products that I have added to cart or viewed. So on the listing page. On the listing so page. So that's why your catalog curation algorithm yes, yes. is also factoring what is he having in his cart right now. Correct. Okay. So also uh, there are uh, various offers. Uh, on our website always mm. which kind of gives that comfort to the user because so online buying this is a function of a few variables as well as so yeah, if you yeah. already know that this guy is like to purchase maybe a small offer is enough but if you think he is really sitting on the fence and you need to do something about mm-hmm. it then your offer would be more aggressive correct ye aisa hai ki aisa maan lo ki india mein people like offers of course uh, say it or not people like offers so even if you want to go away from it or if you want to think that offers is something that should be a, a secondary or a tertiary mm. kind of a thing but in india it doesn't work like mm. that and hence amazon and flipkart of the world you have offers 365 and the swiggy of the world are yes. doing offers so biryani is for half the price exactly so it has to be there and uh, that that is the comfort that we want to give to the user but isn't there a bit of a dissonance in the category that you're operating in wahan pe agar bahut discount doge to lagega inpa margin kitna hai bhai correct so correct how do you then navigate uh, this so basically so the discounts are not uh, like dum ha aise discounts nahi hai ki kuch alag hi lag raha hai hmm. but we see to it that uh, we want to acquire that customer we want to give that experience to the user sure uh, that is what so we want you be able to tell me what is the split of discounted versus non discounted orders or at least from a tier of discount are you like typically operating at 30 40 i don't think so but let's say on average uh, how many what do the percentage of discount on average so uh, jewelry operates slightly differently hmm. uh, so we have uh, different components are involved so uh, there is a metal component okay. there is a making component uh, then we have uh, the metal uh, the other uh, gemstones or diamond or something on those sure. things so the offer is not a flat offer because mm. on metal we cannot give much offer exactly. because that's a uh, that's a commodity price Correct. so but on making charges we have offers like 50% mm. discount 80% discount 100% discount but making charges is usually like a small part of the overall price no uh yeah but essentially this is the area so where we can discount yeah. uh, and as you asked me that uh, 
स्टीप डिस्काउंट्स है कि नहीं है सो दिस इज द डिस्काउंट दैट वी काइंड ऑफ गिव टू द कस्टमर स्टीप मेकिंग चार्जेस हो जाएगा बट दैट्स अ स्पेस फॉर यू टू प्ले बट दैट्स यही हम पास ऑन कर सकते हैं इसके अलावा कुछ है भी नहीं पास यही पास ऑन कर सकते हैं या मैं डायमंड प्राइजेस पे दे दूंगा कुछ सो डायमंड प्राइजेस जेमसन प्राइजेस और मेकिंग चार्जेस बट मेकिंग चार्जेस इज अ लार्ज कंपोनेंट बट पीपल वुड वांट आल्सो सी दैट कि मेरे कम से कम मेकिंग चार्जेस लग जाए करेक्ट because uh, the metal price is kind of appreciating as we see the past trends sure. so that is what it is uh, the janta still sees uh, this is an investment investment space. yes is yes, that yes. really yeah, true yeah, yeah. because with all this stuff that's happening with gemstones and diamonds i keep getting confused i have to if this is really an investment or is this ever going to have this anywhere close to this resale value no, if you, metal still okay if you also see that uh, now this is a kind of a bias that that is persistent in the industry or mm. say uh, in the country as whole so for gemstones and say diamonds we have a 100% lifetime exchange policy okay. wherein you and also 100% wow. buyback so we 100% buyback yes wow, so 100% buyback so if you can go on to the website you'll see all those policies being crafted only for these customers so uh, if you buy kind of, I'm, i'm beginning to get uh, curious if i have to draw a parallel with somebody like amazon where the exchange is so easy and yeah. being an impulse buyer and i eventually won't exchange mm-hmm. and that serves the purpose for you right do you see yeah. this incidence i mean a lot of people exchanging stuff uh not really still early days in your journey yeah, i guess not early uh, not really but something to me borota in san francisco you can because because it's not just jewelry uh, or a commodity kind of a thing sure. it's more of emotion when people buy jewelry it is for emotion yeah so basically nahi karta hai but wo comfort bada ki genuinely 100% pe back ho jayega ha which yes. is where what you trying to do is establish that confidence and trust yes correct so it's very interesting right because i mean i'm sure there are parallels to this whole comfort building exercise jaise wo uh, i think you know when i was at jabong back in 2013 14 we had an open delivery system Mm-hmm. Open delivery, मतलब you'll get a delivery, you'll open the packet, you'll see if the product is actually what you expected to be, and then right. you can make the payment. Correct. Because otherwise, people at that time were still untrusting or non-trusting of e-commerce altogether. Like Nike के जूते मंगाएं, आएगा क्या पता नहीं. Correct. So that made a big leap forward in terms of how trust operated. And what you're telling me is that for gemstones and diamonds, you're able to offer 100% cash back from a brand which is reputed that does definitely yes. help in terms of uh, improving confidence. And, and that is where retention kicks in. Huh. So, uh, if we have such kind of things, people would want to come back again because they know that if I'm getting the entire value of the product which I'm buying. Right, and you can kind of this is almost then bottle and jewelry and rent, no? Yeah. I mean, I could rent it for like a year or two, but then I could switch when I want to. Definitely. But then uh, tell me something now. Uh, this is also a category which is sort of high involvement, but potentially impulse ke beech ka spectrum. So there's mm. a lot of browsing that people would do, right? That if I have to like choose one, I'll probably see some hundred odd products before I'll choose one. Mm-hmm. And that session information could be very valuable to understand that okay, what is he spending time on? What is he possibly shared the URL of? What is he possibly come back twice on? Correct. You, how do you zoom in? How do you capture? How do you translate this information to action? So uh, all these informations which are there, we do not do it manually. First of all, so all these information. That's uh, a given. So uh, these informations which are there, they are just fed into the system, mm. and our only intent is how can we give better experience to the user. Sure. So uh, because now our times uh, distraction is so very high, people would tend to go from one place to another. Easy. So if I have yes, so if I have ten things, I do not want him to essentially go in all ten things, explore, waste him time. So uh, see to it that uh, if he is looking for X Y Z things, I am giving him X Y Z things mm. along with uh, A B C information such that he can make a very informed decision and then can move out in the journey. In mobile and web wise and mobile app wise, what's the yeah. split of traffic? Is it dominated by? So essentially, we do not have app. Uh, yeah. It's only uh, a web uh, website uh, that we have. Uh, so that will still be dominated by the mobile side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is that a lot of eighty-five uh, percent of our traffic is on mobile? Eighty-five is mobile. Wow. That's the entire customer journey mm. nowadays across uh, geography. And typically, across. how many pages is a person seeing from a cell phone? So typically, we see that uh, four to five pages is something that a customer is looking at. Okay, I mean, it's not that much. Really, I'm surprised. Ha, yes, yes. But okay, <laughs> five pages, and then you know, typically when you look at intent to purchase, what would tell you that okay, if he's seen. Uh, X Y Z number of pages slash comeback Y Z number of times hmm. likely to purchase is high. I mean, that's just one variable. Though, yeah, yeah. But uh, what are the variables you were able to correlate with? Intent? So essentially, uh, what pattern we have seen that uh, if if you know that PLC graph, it goes up, 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 up. Uh, saturation comes in yeah. and then uh, mm. it goes down. The similar pattern is seen in four pages as well. Mm. The higher the number of pages, the higher the intent to purchase. Mm. But that shoots up until a maturity level sure. or a growth level. and post that if the user sees number of, even more number of pages then okay. he is likely to go down uh, then he is highly confused could be maybe too many options too many options like confusion yeah so after a point in time we see that it goes down hmm. so this is the pattern we have seen 
And would you think this is a pattern that will apply across the ecosystem as well? Uh, I think so because that is how we uh, we operate, Generally right? Uh, if we go offline to purchase any any product, mm. if we see five products, ten products, fine, we might purchase it. But if we are going and just uh, hogging around things, looking at 20, 30, 50, 80, 100 things, we are likely to confuse. Fair enough. You spoke about this whole sorting algorithm yeah. uh, being an intelligent thing. At yeah. what scale of the catalog did you apply this? Uh, because now it's 10,000, so obviously it's yeah, essential. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, for a 100 product company, it might not be as useful or relevant. So at what point in your journey did you choose this uh, part? We started this quite early. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you, you, I'm... In 2016 or 17, I can see that we started with this uh, sorting algorithm kind of okay. a thing, wherein we started to give such an experience but to the customer. the catalog customer. was always large in that sense. Yeah, the catalog large was always large. Large to not large. be yeah. possible to consume in like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was always large because people uh, online on online would want to see options. That is a, a basic point of parity or point of differentiation, you can mm. say, wherein people would want to see options online. So options, I agree. Was sorting on a part my intelligence laga ke curate karna is right. where the question is a little bit more that, I mean, because we have a lot of people who run Shopify stores, right? Right. And uh, usually the intelligence used in catalog as mm. a component is at various levels in terms of the spectrum. Mm. So I'm trying to understand at what point would it make sense for a company to invest in this whole effort and then see ROI as well, because there are tools available to probably assist with this and there is some in-house tech that you can develop to absorb all this data, translate this into uh, an output and then display that on the platform. Correct. So at what point do you think it makes sense for a brand to spend time, effort, mindshare on uh, uh, maybe I guess uh, brands need to look at uh, their uh, journeys, as I mm. mentioned, PS, AP, OS, CEO. Mm. If they see that uh, there is a lot of drop-off that happens at the stage. At people, the listing page, you mean? Yes, at the listing page. Mm. Uh, then people need to actually work on this kind of algorithm. This is likely, you know, because that, I mean, so in terms of the share of traffic that comes in, whatever yeah. direct traffic comes in, repeat comes in, would come to the home correct, page. Correct, correct. A certain amount of paid traffic would come to the catalog and mm. landing pages, listing pages, so to speak. Correct. And there is going to be a meaningful bounce rate for everybody. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. So what I was trying to pinpoint as an answer was, is it like a couple of hundred products, which is a good starting point to do this, or is it a couple of thousand products? They can start with hundred products as well. Yeah, as long what, as the roadmap to get to more. Because yes. if the catalog is going to remain hundred, then it Correct. might not be. I mean, uh, it is good to start early. I'll mm -hmm. tell you why. Uh, there is no need to start with automated algorithms, AI in the first two itself. Mm. Uh, uh, since they know that people, the, uh, they know their scroll depth, right? Sure. Uh, how, uh, how many products people see in one go. They can actually build a manual algorithm Hmm. onto their uh, top listing pages for say two to three uh, kind of a scrolls and sure. they can see how this uh, manual algorithm or manual intervention works hmm. if this works well they know uh, what is the and power can and they can that, uh, replicate it onto their different listing pages as well there is a continuous optimization journey yes, as well so yes. once you kind of basis uh, whatever data points you've been able to collect got the sorting algorithm in motion Correct. the logic can keep evolving and the conversion rates would only keep improving right 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 and, you know, within this journey of users, I'd love to see some flavors of intelligence that you've kind of discovered that, okay, this is an opportunity to intervene and you've made an intervention, okay. right? So if you can give us examples at, let's just say, the product page visitors, mm -hmm. whatever traffic has come into this page, you would have done some sort of classification and messaging based on some variables. Mm -hmm. So give us some of these examples. So uh, let's deep dive into uh, a journey from AP to CO. Okay. So here, uh, the customer has added this is to cart. cart to conversion. Yes, this is cart so to opportunity. Cart, cart to opportunity. You call it opportunity, which is... OA. Opportunity to uh, add to, to cart. But just to make sure that the conversion is the closure of one, add to cart. No, this is the pricing page. Yes, this is a payment page. Payment page. Okay, yeah. So from uh, cart add to, to cart payment. to payment yeah. page. Yeah. So here we see that, uh, say, uh, so there are different dimensions of people coming onto cart page. Sure. So first uh, leg is to actually break the users into different segments. Mm. Uh, now one is buyer, one is my subscriber, uh, one is a user who has just come for the first time. Okay. And uh, fourth is something which I do not know, anonymous mm. user kind mm. of a thing. Mm. Okay. So these are the four uh, levels first of cuts. user, uh, of, uh, of users who are there on the cart page. Okay. Now second dimension is product. What product have they added to cart? Mm. Now I have past databases which I know that which product is going to convert the highest. Okay. So uh, first dimension is my customer. Mm. Second dimension is my product. Mm. Third dimension is the offer. Now, what kind of offer is being applied to what kind of a product? Okay. Now, just multiply all of them together and we get a formula of users who would go from AP to my uh, OA, which okay. is opportunity. Hmm. And basis that, what we essentially do is, say for example, a user, I say a ring, hmm. uh, one particular ring of say uh, 30,000, uh, which is there on my uh, cart page of a user who is just a subscriber. Uh, but I know that the likelihood of user being converted for this particular ring 
is very high hmm. uh, and i have say 200 us 200 such users who are there onto the cart page but hasn't uh, haven't moved ahead sure i know what kind of trigger that these kind these people want in order hmm. to move ahead it hmm. can be a very simple offer that get extra 2% off hmm. and we see that 200 out of 200 users 100 users go onto my payment page okay. now that's a huge opportunity a when we talk about hmm. uh, 30000 as yeah. a ticket value So uh, this is one kind of a thing that we do, mm. wherein we we give uh, additional discounts to users. So two percent discount for the people who are most likely to convert, but sitting on the fence. Right. Okay. Exactly. So uh, these are the kind of intelligences that we have on to you, my. You kind of use those areas, but on customer segment or on product and the offer. So multiplying yes. these will end up becoming yes. I don't know a couple of hundred different micro segments, so right, to speak, right. and the interventions then change. Correct. And would these interventions be through the on-site experience itself? I believe. Yes, there? it will be. So uh, what happens is that from cart page. Uh, hmm. Uh, before going to the product page, there is an area of uh, uh, address page, hmm. wherein a lot of fields are being asked. Okay. So what we essentially did was we found that users who are moving from cart page to payment page, essentially there is a lot of drop off which is happening on the address page. Address page. Then we deep dive into the address page and we saw that there there were like. 30 fields 20 fields that uh, that were uh, present over there mm. which users do not want mm. so what we did was uh, we eliminated a few areas uh, which which are not required for example date of birth mm. it was present on uh, address page and that was really giving this discomfort to our users and hence they were not able to uh, go to a payment page so what we did was we eliminated all those fields okay. now by eliminating all those fields we saw a 15% jump from address page But to payment page nobody pushed back because there was probably somebody wanted to run a birthday campaign at the location exactly you know? exactly so what we do is uh, we want we, every uh, d2c brand wants to get as many information as possible but that really doesn't work uh, all the time <laughs> so it hurt you uh, Kind of conversion journey, yes. but I mean, birthday campaigns. I thought would be a valuable thing for candidates. So you let go of the birthday campaigns to be yes, able to convert yes, better. Is yes. that what we're saying? Yes. So, so essentially, the area at which you ask, mm. or the the the, the point, point at the which journey. you ask. So, on address page is not required, but keep it in but my account, and you can lead so users to my account. So we have a separate campaign onto it altogether. अच्छा okay, birthday का data डालने के लिए. Altogether we have so a separate. So one thing I noticed, lens का do was जो lens का power होता है, वो खरीदने के बाद पूछता है. मतलब we would want to eradicate as many steps as possible and hence uh, birthday was one such example of that hmm. there were various other fields like whatsapp opt-in uh, we do not want you to take opt-in at uh, yes we we can get it at different uh, stages wherein we can collect uh, such uh, opt-in data from the customer so one of the fun exercises we had done and this was when i was on the other side of the customer web engage was thank you page surveys yeah now before the thank you page which is essentially the closure khatam ho gaya deal wala page obviously there's a product journey that's involved and the users optimize for conversion if you at mm-hmm. that point pop questions which are not highly uh, aiding conversion mm-hmm. the product team obviously would hate you for it because you're hurting conversions mm-hmm. but once the user has made the transaction then you can do whatever you want with him and he's also for this kind of involvement he's also sitting he would have actually committed to this right because mm-hmm. i'm assuming it's a lot of prepaid orders as well so once yeah. they're committed to it then they're like okay waiting with bated breath ki abhi aayega whatever hoga so unko fursat hai wo engage karenge and you can probably ask them more questions mm. at that point on the thank you page mm. and that gives you a lot of rich insights around uh, when your demographics social psychographics so correct so we found that to be a fairly powerful play but you know you removed all this information from the uh, let's say conversion funnel and mm. you put it elsewhere and you're running more campaigns to kind yeah, of people originate that. that data correct so if you have to balance between user profile enrichment versus uh, conversions you will choose conversions, conversions. any day baki sab baad yes 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 important call to make for uh, you know d2c brands who are trying to get more and more people to convert don't add steps in the way uh, don't add friction because you want more data it doesn't help matters very interesting so you know uh, we spoke about the discounting we spoke about the address uh, field getting more rationalized to reduce the uh, friction there there are components around trust that you mentioned yeah, uh, yeah, any yeah. examples of that because when you have the new first timer coming in his concerns are probably more than price how does uh, he look at it how do you solve for it so uh, talking about trust uh, there are different uh, elements of trust for example one is the legacy of kalyanjalas sure now when people see that candle is a part of kalyanjalas there is a inherent trust uh, which this particular thing has uh, you make sure it becomes yes. very visible yes. across the journey we oh. always uh, try to see that candle is a part of kalyanjalas uh, it's not that trust is coming from there 
but essentially that is what people uh, are perceiving uh, yeah. the uh, the brand as mm. uh, that is one uh, secondly the genuine reviews mm. uh, we typically have genuine reviews on the website uh, wherein people genuine kaise confidence aata hai customer ko so uh, by which what we do is we just not display our website reviews mm. we have additional links as well wherein uh, people uh, putting in review across third party platforms like google mm. we have mm. various mm. other uh, review platforms like mouthchart okay. jaiber mm. sona so forth वेबसाइट so it's not just that we collect you basically beefing up reviews across yes, the ecosystem yes. yahan bhi hai because reviews play a very critical or vital role but tactically photo ke size ke hone chahiye real product ke sath mein video bana ke dalo you kind of uh, we do that and uh, that's and then incentivize the behavior yeah we have ugc in place uh, hmm. but uh, when i give too many constraints people end up uh they do not end up giving a review as in you will not force them in a certain direction but you yes, might encourage yes, them we, uh, yes. and does this have an implication in your conversion funnel in some sense ki ugc ke agar video aata hai jana maine think dekhi main bahut yes, khush ho gaya yes. but now somebody sees this ring and they get more confident right. i've seen this amazon pe toys ke sath people mm-hmm. upload stuff that they're doing correct, and correct. i don't know uh, to what extent it works for you yeah it works fantastically yeah. so if i have real images because uh, the lot of images that we have on the product page uh, they are uh, more more ca- more of ca- more of studio mm-hmm. images so उटरिंग because i mean people tend to get distracted as well and that there is certain traffic who will go and never come back yeah but essentially that's a trust building that's a trade off sure. between uh, your frictionless journey and our trust building so and you've taken that call that uh, okay to let people some of them go but the larger bunch of them is yes. building trust that's helping that correct so trust via reviews and ugc is one big component kalyan juniors is the second big component what else around let's say is there a payment method split between prepaid versus cod do you allow cod at all yeah. is there a large part of your play uh no so essentially we have partial cod uh, in place we okay. do not have full cod okay uh, but uh, having it's said like that like a middle ground sort yeah so essentially the thing is uh, since people have uh, 100% refund uh, policy mm. out there so they can buy the product if they do not like it for xyz reason there is no question asked refund policy as well but your 100% refund is highlighted across the journey to kind of make yeah, sure it's the mamik ghus gaya because that's yes. also confidence build that's a trust or uh, comfort which users sure. get so uh, there are so talking about payment gateway we mm. have all kind of payment methods possible sure uh, so and also we see that a lot of times drop off happens on payment gateway itself mm. due to a bank issue due to mm. a third party aggregator issue mm. or whatsoever mm. so uh, we have actually placed technology out there as well wherein uh, on real time we would know that which platform is working well basis that we would uh, push those platforms ahead in so the user journey so it's a payment provider in some yes, sense it's the payment in fact, provider in fact one of the payment providers uh, i wouldn't want to name them yet but is also So working on this whole recovery mechanism because payment failures lead to a certain level of drop off and that doesn't help anybody neither right. then nor the e-commerce platform. Correct. So they could jolly well actually have an integrated journey with WebEngage along that uh, ecosystem where the payment links are or a payment mechanism is embedded into the WhatsApp card recovery or payment recovery method as well. So mm-hmm. a very high intent guy who actually attempted a payment, so you might as well recover almost all of it. Right. So it's something that uh, might be worth putting in motion. Great. So you have hundred percent refunds. You have Kalyanjulis ka brand. You have also a brand ambassador. for candy uh, separately no for candy we do not have brand ambassadors separately Something you're considering uh, not real time soon but let's see but do you uh, leverage the kalyan brand ambassador meaningfully in your uh, interfaces yeah i mean it's done at a parent level mm-hmm. uh, we do not uh, do it on at candy specifically but at a parent level it's it's essentially driven by there sure so i mean that's kalyan jewelers ka brand credibility coming in yes. from there you're uh, kind of using yes, that as a yes. next step Correct. interesting so there is uh, you know for uh, the kind of competitive space this has become now how do you determine preference uh, and is this to do with the fact that somebody is bought from you once will potentially want to buy from you again because of these x reasons or is this how do you solve for this so essentially we have seen that uh, repeat purchase that happens it's not just uh, the buying experience on the website that matters mm-hmm. the most 
uh, there are different touch points that we have identified that plays a very critical or a vital role for retention. Mm. So, taking a very small example, starting from basics, uh, the kind of products which are shown on the ad. So the the ad campaigns that we are doing mm. are we showing the right kind of products to the right kind of audience first? Okay. Basis that user would come onto the website. Once the user comes this onto is the your website, acquisition campaigns. Yeah, acquisition shopping campaigns. ads would be yeah, called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're saying the right kind of products. Who would this? So be? by what right kind of products or right kind of copies, what I essentially mean is, am I uh, using some ad copies uh, which are not uh, directly linked to my camp uh, to my brand? Say for example, mm. at times we uh, there are black hat techniques which users use, right? Uh, so we are not we are strictly against those. So uh, the right kind of copies to give uh, to get users onto the website first. So don't just clickbait. Yes, clickbait must Yes, mm. uh, get uh, the right kind of uh, ad copies to the right kind of user coming onto the website. And it's a conscious. उंडीड it be yes it be it be the status of the product which is there first uh, the right kind of status second if there is an inbound query coming in the right kind of revert or response to the customer for the for their queries this would need some sort of level of sophistication i don't know so yes. is this like uh, algorithm basically ki teen din baad saat din baad das din baad bhi bhejna or is there a linkage to no it uh, there is a linkage system. there is a linkage so the order fulfillment happens there are different stages to it sure. and each stage is triggered with a communication uh, in the background and this data is integrated yes. that whatever stage changes happen yes. here this communication has to yes okay. so the communication going up front from our side the queries coming in from the customers we see to it that utmost care is taken to respond to these queries sure. the first response times supremely mm-hmm. critical many a times what brands do is they focus more on the inbound sales queries sure. not on the support queries but in your case keeping that comfort till the product yes. is delivered is very critical very because critical. i've paid that money and i'm still waiting for yes. my product and if i'm anxious about it i would want somebody to comfort correct me. yes okay. so uh, that is there the queries part third part is uh, at the time of delivery so mm. we have logistics partners being there now uh, we have to take utmost care of the delivery experience as sure. well wherein you are not there at home and you have ordered it and for some reason uh, you want uh, the user to have this delivery to someone else at home sure. now do we do this because it's eventually it's like a ha huh, so we have all those integrations in place yeah. wherein uh, we give this comfort to the user wherein uh, confidence unko rehna chahiye ki the yes, product is really yes yeah. so okay. all kind of the package uh, that we have the secured package four level secured package so all those things are very critical uh, such that so user would buying experience from the ad click to the website visit to the purchase experience to the before delivery experience to the delivery experience yes. and the handing yes. there's a lot of components you've broken that down into to build yeah. confidence and this is what you're saying is helping you uh in some sense build confidence to drive repeats yes. you know how would you certainly do that because isn't i mean while of course you've done a great job here i would imagine a lot of it to be table stakes for your industry you know i mean a secure packaging great experience on delivery if somebody is not doing it they're doing a great disservice to their own business in some mm-hmm, sense mm-hmm. so how do you now elevate the bar and how do you drive let's say if there's a x number of people who have bought i'm sure basis of different categories that have been bought mm. you would have repeat patterns ki somebody is bought x will buy y in a certain time frame yes, yes. right and uh, a percentage of those people will end up doing it a percentage mm. of people will doing it with you mm-hmm. how do you create a greater share of that whole repeat experience so uh, as i mentioned that the entire journey uh, is vital so you've done for a great retention job optimizing. yeah, yeah. so uh, what we have uh, next what we have done is we have uh, uh, given different percentages to each journey okay. now what role my uh, pre purchase uh, funnel has what mm. uh, role my purchase funnel has and what role my post purchase funnel has okay. so we have given different weightages for example 30 50 20 mm. uh, so 50% is given to my delivery experience okay 30% is given to my purchase experience 20% is given to my pre purchase experience and this is a weight on repeat rates yes on repeat rates okay. so what uh, is repeat as a percentage of acha so we have created so this. you've seen cohorts on the basis of people who have had great delivery experience versus yes and so yes. on okay 
so basis that what we essentially do is that uh, so post experience uh, so we talked about uh, people purchasing say a ring mm. now uh, we see that the most likelihood of the uh, user converting from ring to earring is highest why because a set is completed sure. now in our campaigns what we essentially do is that uh, we see to it that we give matching products recommendations to our customers sure. uh, it can be similar products recommendation to the customer because they mm. want to look it at as a series kind as of a thing mm. for example uh, a ring is being purchased but there is a concept of stackable rings sure. so the first ring is purchased we know that people are going to stack rings now sure. so then the stackable campaign uh, runs so likewise there are numerous campaigns wherein uh, we we find uh, we find out bases are past data mm. uh, what kind of products is the customer going to convert at Can you help me understand this, Ronald? Now, if you're dealing with all of these different kind of you know eventual outcomes, and people mm. are diverging in terms of somebody's bought a ring, somebody's bought a bangle, somebody's bought an earring, and there are different directions they'll go in, right? Yeah. And at an execution level, now when you start thinking of these as individual segments and campaigns, it can get really fragmented and messy, right? Because right. how many campaigns are you going to create, and how many, how do you automate all of this? Right. So, what's your uh, architecture on how do you manage all of this? So, uh, basically, good question. Uh, so there are numerous campaigns uh, that are in place. So our entire uh, campaign journey is fragmented into two parts. Uh, one is uh, the one-time campaigns, and second is the triggered campaigns. Okay. Now, triggered campaigns is essentially in the lines of PSAP, OSEO, in all the four funnels, and eventually user behavior triggers. Yes, something user, user will do, something will yes, happen, and yes. that. In some sense, you set it up once and it runs on its own. Yes. You don't kind of change it every day. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, the maximum ROI is driven by triggered campaigns only. Would it be fair to say that from a mind share as well as from a share of let's say your uh, communications, the big part is triggered. Yes, yes. Okay. Because you are giving the right kind of communication at the right time to the right user, and, and it's highly... possible to automate and this is possible to scale and also yes. optimize over time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that is supremely critical. So our entire focus is more on triggered campaigns. So would be then uh, that you know your team comes up and kind of defines a few new triggered campaigns every couple of yes, weeks, and then yes. you keep expanding. So at some exactly. point, you'd be running what a hundred or triggered campaigns yes, yes, for different scenarios right. and use cases that's and right. micro segments. It can be sharper, sharper, sharper. Yes, yes. But this is something you can jolly well start in an early days, well, right? Because uh, what we see in the D2C ecosystem, people tend to wait a certain level before they start looking at mm, some of these automi- uh, optimizations. But in your case, when did you start? So we started early. Uh, 2016 is something that we started mm-hmm. our triggered campaigns as well. Uh, but uh, to all the new DTC uh, D2C brands out there, I can I guess they can start really early because mm-hmm. that's the learning that they have from the ecosystem, right? You know, so beyond the first five, which is like Card Abandon and this that, give me a few examples of some of these triggered campaigns. Uh, so one is uh, order series. Uh, that is definitely somebody who's placed an order, whatever's yes. going to happen. Triggered. And trust me, the kind of value these order series have, people. just keep it in the back burner but just imagine uh, in triggered series if you have the right kind of recommendations <laughs> for uh, uh, repeat upsell purchase and uh, matching products uh, upsell cross sell so on and so forth you get repeat order immediately would you saying somebody is waiting for his order in the next 15 days that's yes. your typical delivery time frame 15 to 20 days in between you're able to get another order yes yes wow, okay. that is what you have seen in the in journey. the jewelry category yes. so even this was not expected for us mm-hmm. uh, we didn't expect orders coming in from order series but Uh, they But really do. Does this have to do with the fact that these emails will have amazing open rates because people are sensitive yes, to this information? Yes, that's right. So while your other emails might go wherever they go, this email is going to get opened. Yes. So if at this point you want to engage with them, it's a good opportunity. Absolutely. Very interesting. So you know, order confirmation and downstream information around shipping. Is that and is this predominantly email? Uh, or so, what are the channels? So essentially, we send these communications across channels: email, so same parallel, SMS, uh, WhatsApp, push. कोई टाइमिंग होता है और इज दिस लाइक फ्लैट की इट्स अ ट्रिगर्ड काइंड ऑफ ट्रिगर्ड है तो जब जाएगा बट अक्रॉस अक्रॉस चैनल अक्रॉस चैनल्स बिकॉज़ एक लेवल से दूसरे लेवल पे जाता है तो इज अ स्टेटस चेंज दैट हैपेंस इन द बैक एंड करेक्ट जैसे ही वो स्टेटस चेंज होता है एक कम्युनिकेशन ट्रिगर हो जाता है सो फेयर एंड दिस यू थिंक इज एक्सट्रीमली वैल्यूएबल टू डू अपसेल्स बिकॉज़ एक्सट्रीमली ग्रेट टाइम द गाय ऑलरेडी ट्रस्ट यू इन सम सेंस इज दिस बॉट विद यू he's in the mood to spend probably some more money एंड दिस इज अ ग्रेट विंडो टू कैप्चर वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग बट आई एम नॉट श्योर इफ दिस आई मीन If people have tried this, or people have seen success with this. So in fashion industry, also we've seen some of this pattern, where people tend to repeat fairly quickly after the first order, even mm-hmm. before probably the first order is delivered. Right. But uh, that's interesting. So that's one. The whole order series. What else among these triggered campaigns, which is uh, one is order like these are my best campaigns. Uh, one is order series. A second is something called as complete user profile. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, we have uh, a journey as as I mentioned that in order in in now. address yeah in mm-hmm. address on the address page we have eliminated quite a few fields. Sure. We have a separate campaign for getting the user data. Mm-hmm. Now this user data is uh, handled with utmost care, but we land users onto uh, my my account page wherein uh, we urge them to fill the entire uh, profile which is there. 
we give them some brownie points and some exclusive discounts as well but this data uh, just have a guess i don't know i, I mean i would imagine service would not get better and single digits but you seem to be more confident 30% 30% wow so uh, because what is the incentive you're offering for people to enrich data so uh, there is a 1000 rupees uh, extra discount uh, is added directly to their next purchase or okay. basically what we do is we add the amount directly in their promo wallet so there is a concept wallet. of promo wallet and candor wallet now promo wallet is something we directly add I'm the amount i need to zoom into this like a lot more because this whole wallet business has its own set of implications and yes. how can be useful right so in fact uh, one of the things i was very curious about is people offer a lot of upfront discounts to just about everybody to make their first transaction mm. and uh, when the consumer is taking the discount in the first transaction 70% of them are not going to repeat any which ways so aren't you better off putting that discount as a cash back in the wallet in some sense instead mm. of giving it upfront because then it'll be utilized by people who actually make a second transaction for those who did not make a second transaction that money is still yours correct so in your case when you're using these wallets just describe what are the wallets you're talking about there's a promo wallet there's a cambia wallet yes, yes. what are the rules how people earn money where can they consume all of this so there are different ways in which uh, money is created to either of these wallets uh, why we have bifurcated these two wallets is because candor wallet is as simple as they are say a paytm wallet that we use that you, you can directly load yeah so you can directly you can load, load money uh, in load money bhi karte hain log yes so people because do this to buy impulse jewelry yeah. i mean i've loaded my amazon pay account to buy books for 300 yeah, yeah. bucks but you're saying i'm going to load money into a candor wallet yes too. that that really happens wow, people okay. do that so uh, they load money into the candor wallet and that is completely theirs they can use sure. it or in they whatever can also they withdraw it if they want yes hmm. but promo wallet is a wallet so this is almost like a closed loop wallet to either spend on candor or ticket back right yes that's so right. this is i mean Isn't there a regulatory aspect to it? We can get to that subsequently, but yeah. I thought there'd be a more complicated business. Yeah, this. but I mean, it's a it's a basic kind of a thing wherein it gives a comfort that I do not want to pay directly from there. Yeah. I would want to load it, and then uh, I would see how okay. it works. Uh, also, there is a concept of vouchers over there. Sure. So why this candor wallet is there? Because we have given some vouchers to the users wherein mm. uh, they can directly use or redeem the, these vouchers in their candor wallet itself. The say for example, itself. yes. Okay. So I I give some percentage of uh, amount mm. to uh, users in the form of wallet. Mm. So they can directly load this money this money in their candor wallet. This is one. You will send me a voucher worth, let's say, five hundred bucks, yes. and this five hundred bucks voucher, if I have to redeem it, it can go into my candy yes. wallet. Yes. Because क्या होता है जैसे voucher if you see हम vouchers दे देते लोगों को but उनको क्या तभी जरूरत होती है शायद नहीं. Sure. But if you and जब use करना है they do not have those vouchers hmm. handy. So जब आता है do one thing redeem these voucher directly in your candy wallet. और बाद में जब परचेस करना है कर लेना। ऑल्सो एन एक्शन नीडेड राइट ऑन द पार्ट ऑफ द यूजर इफ यू वुड जस्ट काइंड ऑफ ऐड दैट मनी टू द वॉलेट डायरेक्टली इंस्टेड ऑफ सेंडिंग दिस वाचर एंड मेकिंग मी रिडीम या हैव यू चोजन दिस कॉन्शियसली दैट आई एम गोना आस्क द यूजर टू रिडीम सो आई नो सम सॉर्ट ऑफ इंटेंट दोनो है सो वी डू इट बोथ वेज वी एडिट डायरेक्टली वाया डिजिटल चैनल्स एज़ वेल दिस इज वन बट इन द सेकंड केस देयर आर वेरियस अलायंसेस दैट वी डू फॉर देम वी गिव देम वाउचर्स एंड इन दैट केस व्हेन दे गेट दीस वाउचर्स दे रिडीम इट वाया द कैंडल वॉलेट So now there's a Candia wallet which puts uh, the user can load money or he can load yeah, vouchers, and there's yeah. a promo wallet. What yes. is that about? Now promo wallet is like uh, we have uh, different stages developed on our website. Mm. Now, for example, on sign up you get some say ten thousand rupees in your promo wallet. Now okay. promo wallet funda thoda sa alag hai. There are mm. some terms and conditions applied onto this promo wallet because these this money is not uh, directly earned by them or or sure. something which is given uh, by the brand. Mm. So here we have some conditions like ten percent, five percent, twenty. 20% Use of the total money it can be redeemed in one mm. transaction okay in the second transaction they can uh, uh, redeem even more mm. so that mm. is how it works so there are some conditions or terms and conditions applied to the promo wallet but in case of candor wallet they can use it uh, the as the whole money can be utilized yes. immediately so that's so a like slight differentiation that we have created promo wallet in some sense seems like a collection of vouchers that can be applied that okay yeah. is transaction ek hi lagega correct while the candor wallet is like pretty much money in bank whichever yes. they want to apply they can utilize correct. and from a discounting strategy perspective would this be a lot of upfront discounts now switching to like cashback in one of these wallets uh kind of uh, mm. so we are we have not really tried a lot of cashbacks going into these wallets mm. on transactions uh, but this is in our roadmap uh, where sure. we would want to try this even uh, this campaign the akshay satya campaign we are running uh, one such campaign wherein additional discount is being uh, given to them in the uh, promo wallet wherein they can use yeah, it for the next time if you were to be able to switch away from upfront discount to cashbacks in the wallet yeah. again the same advantage right people who redeem that will be a smaller percentage of the overall yeah, yeah, yeah. but it will have its own implication on conversion rates as well so that's Correct. where Uh, you know given that you're tracking the new user behavior from mm-hmm. various sources 
maybe some users have a better propensity to convert and right. you don't have to give them an upfront discount you might as well give them a right. cashback because cashback is still not discounted so mm. the contribution margin still kind of remains slightly more intact right you know uh, coming to contribution margins as a subject in terms of the business you mentioned that it's a more rational well played out growth play and you've been a marketer and then you've become the chief growth officer now so what has changed from the kind of numbers you were tracking on your radar there was campaign performance and this and that but now you have the business right. responsibility in some sense Correct. right so how does that uh, part of the pnl or marketing contribution and uh, those components look like so essentially uh, so the lens changes completely so one is that you look at a function in general Mm. Uh, but as a chief growth officer you have to see data even more holistically correct uh, it can be different business verticals uh, it can be the funnels that i just spoke about you say verticals within candidate you have more verticals yes, how does we have more verticals so essentially th- these are channels so one mm. is my direct channel wherein okay. uh, business comes in directly from my website mm. uh, second is a marketplace wherein mm. uh, uh, my purchase happens uh, by a marketplace mm. and third is b2b business as well okay. so we have certain uh, share of channel b2b business source. as well yeah So that is how it works. Uh, so these are the three main is channels. Is there like a major split between these three, or where does your mind share go predominantly? Uh, it's direct business because is that is that is having the highest mm-hmm. share. Uh, okay. So that is where we brainstorm the most, mm-hmm. and uh, that is where we spend most of our energies. Time and effort as well. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that is how it is. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so you see, the lens changes. Of course, the allocation of uh, split between these three different lines of business, mm-hmm. or what you call them, channels would. Uh, become a part of your radar right. but now as far as the performance or the pnl or the you know the math of doing these kind of mm-hmm. efforts is concerned you've not gone crazy with the uh, the cpc bids despite the competition evolving right because mm-hmm. there is candia by kalyan but there's also this caratlin by tanish which right. is you know a fairly well trusted competing brand right. and ultimately uh, the digital jewelry buying audience is nx summer which is probably growing at a certain pace right. so now are you expanding the category overall in terms of people buying jewelry online or is this a market share battle i'm sure it's a combination somehow but right. is that the lens that you look at uh, people from so uh, what we are essentially doing is uh, so these are the three channels that we spoke about mm. but there is a fourth channel which is emerging in candair uh, mm. which is which uh, which is the experience center okay. so oh, we are going on omni channel wow. yes so we are creating uh, experience centers for our customers wherein uh, in the entire journey we saw that users are actually browsing jewelry online but eventually they they are they more comfortable or they would want to have the look and feel of the jewelry as well and this and is hence, like a qualitative quantitative analysis which yes, led you to this yes but then this goes back to the whole omni channel i mean tanish and caratlin for some reason they have to this thing uh, yes things yes. but in your case selianjula has already exist but now candy also has to go offline yes yes okay so essentially there is uh, a lot of demarcation that we have done with mm-hmm. respect to product lines okay. so kalyan predominantly is more of mura jewelry sure. or jewel, uh, wedding jewelry per yeah, se yeah. but ours is more uh, dainty jewelry mm-hmm. everyday jewelry mm-hmm. office wear so on and sure. so forth So there's a clear demarcation that so we are. So brand wise, we are separate. But yeah. now, Candy or if he has to go offline, would this be like a large assortment? You can't see ten thousand SKUs in the store. Yeah. But what's your? So essentially, what we want to do is we want to give experience to our customers. Mm-hmm. And with the two stores that that we have opened, one is in both both uh, both those experience centers are in Mumbai itself. Sure. So we are giving curated kind of uh, products to our customers, mm-hmm. our best sellers uh, predominantly. and uh, the the kind of jewelry the everyday jewelry which is there these are the jewelries which are present in the stores so, so not 10000 skus uh, typically you can consider almost uh, 1000 skus or 800 skus this is all real jewelry which i can buy from the yeah, store and walk out yes so this is certainly also open up this whole offline market for you right the casual yes. browser who comes in maybe comes in second time and then buys yes yes correct hmm. but from a data gathering perspective now are you doing anything on that direction of the candy or physical store to enrich your subsequent online experience for the same visitor so essentially it's the entire experience uh, that we have created on stores uh, is synced to online wherein okay. a customer uh, makes a purchase the same four steps funnel is it yes yes <laughs> so it's just that the first three steps happen mm. on the stores but sure. eventually the purchase which happens it happens on on the website on the key, the, the point of sale systems that we have kept oh, so he's not going to pick up and walk he'll place yes, an order there yes, and that will yes, get delivered yes so there are two things to it if the customer is not willing to do it and he wants a store manager to do it the store manager That's does okay. does it for him kind of what lens card does right in some yes, sense yes kind but of it also doesn't i mean i can see the frames but i don't buy from there and take it yeah, long yeah. time to place an order it will come to yes. me shipped so that, i mean all the orders are ultimately digital orders correct an experience which you are able to provide yes. offline and uh, would this have a skew in terms of uh, the 1000 sks you put are anyways the best sellers so people right. would get confidence slash i like this enough to mm. order this online So some sort of a beef up on that side. 
Okay, very interesting. So, is this somewhere, uh, you know, so again, coming back to the whole market share battle versus growing the category battle, now that you've chosen to go offline, yeah. in some sense, it's a category growth play. Mm-hmm. And is that like a large part of your agenda now to kind of think of uh, offline as a play? Yes, or yes, it's definitely. a pilot and you will validate some assumptions? Uh, it is a pilot, but eventually we know that it, it works. Online for the content. Oh, yes. So, that's the reality of most D2C brands, so to speak, which are no more direct to consumer because a lot of their sales are not on their own Shopify platform. Mm-hmm. Of course, marketplaces have a big role to play. And then offline is something which is unavoidable. Correct. Right? So while you made a choice from an experience perspective, uh, is there any specific uh, pointer that said that, okay, guys, this is going to cap out here if you don't go offline? Was that a sort of, I mean, cap out not in terms of the absolute size of business, but the growth rate. You want to grow at an aggressive pace and you have to go offline because online growth is only so much. I mean, the share increases uh, when we have uh, multiple channels. Sure. So that's the entire thought process mm-hmm. behind it. Uh, as we know that uh, since we are talking about jewelry, jewelry per se, uh, a large number of users would want to go offline. Mm. And that is the general behavior that we have seen in the entire customer journey. Wherein they are more comfortable looking at uh, jewelry online. Sure. But when it comes to shopping, they would mm. want to go there because emotions are attached to it. Yeah. They would want to go uh, with their loved ones, so on and so forth. Uh, so yeah, the entire experience is something, the omni-channel piece. Uh, if I am only an offline brand, I cannot give an online presence. The 10,000 catalog yes. won't work. If I have so, online, it works. This is going to scale up, I would <clears> imagine. <throat> and from a steering people into the offline source perspective, in your online experience, mm-hmm. would where would it appear in the user's journey to say that, hey, if you want to check it out, go here. And to which users would you tell? Because you probably don't want to tell everybody because then they'll stop buying online and go offline. Right? How do you make that... Uh, so uh, essentially the thing is since we know that uh, in which pin uh, pin codes we are available mm. so mm. our customer journeys on the website are crafted based on the pin codes but so Bombay, i mean people who have the enthu and they're buying a lakh rupee worth of ring they will be okay to spend that kind of time no i don't, I don't think know. so yeah, I mean, I mean, that's I mean, a distinction you uh, They would want, they might not go far away to buy a jewelry, mm. uh, but if it is there in vicinity, if they are loving they the brand, maybe they consider. But then this would need a much larger density to kind of yes, contribute yes. to your play to be meaningful, right? Correct. So just early days for us uh, with respect to omnichannel. Sure. But I'm definitely. But interesting yeah. dimension to kind of scale in. You know, so we spoke about automation triggers in a certain level, and we spoke about the catalog personalization, which suits uh, the guy's preferences based on mm. the data you collected. But from all of these communications you're doing, so you mentioned the order journey having a certain amount of recommendation upsells. These recommendations tend to be personalized based on a lot of variables. Absolutely. How else does personalization play a role for you uh, across different kind of interfaces that the customer has for you? So personalization is the core. So Mm -hmm. all our communications uh, which which goes to the customers, they are highly personalized. It's one-to-one personalization? Yes, one-to-one, one-to-one. So then this is uh, more of the triggers is initiating when the message goes and yes. there is another logic and integrated system which decides what is the content that's going Yes, in. absolutely. Zoom into this a little bit, what kind of examples so, can uh, happen? Yeah, for example, uh, say you are looking at a specific product, right? Mm-hmm. So you looked at say ABC SKU. Sure. Now, let's make it a, you know, whatever, solitaire yes, uh, earrings for 150,000 rupees. Yeah, let's make it a solitaire earring of 150,000 mm-hmm. rupees. Mm-hmm. Now you're looking forward to uh, that earring and... Uh, I, and you abandoned from there. Sure. Now the kind of communication that will go to uh, come to you mm. will be around the solitaire of uh, solitaire earring of one lakh fifty thousand in and around. So, for example, mm. the same earring in the first instance. In the second instance, uh, since you have not made a decision yet, I will show you similar products around uh, these. Sure. And in the next go, maybe I will give you some additional discounts mm. uh, uh, in the journey, and then give you some comfort like uh, this is how the journey would be. So because this is based on a user action trigger, there is room to utilize the same trigger to personalize the content of the communication as well. Yeah. And the same thing would apply across all the different channels and orchestration mm-hmm. as well. Fair enough. But beyond this whole triggered business, which is user initiated, I'm sure you have a large number of customers who have not made a transaction in a reasonably long time, who's not even probably visited in a while. Yeah, yeah. How do you curate their experience? How do you personalize for them? How do you bring them back? Because you probably know that, okay, this guy's bought this, but He'll still wait for three months. After that, he might come back. Right. But then if you were to just send him an email, it's not going to be enough. Or yeah, right. even if he opens the email, the content has to be meaningful. Mm-hmm. So how do you solve for that ecosystem? So we, we spoke about it, right? Uh, that, for example, a customer is looking for, he bought some uh, solitaire earring. Huh. Uh, but we, we have this data in the back end, like with solitaire earring, what are the different products that he so or she is purchasing? across the windows. Yes. But from a time window, you said, said that within the first 15, 20 days itself, yes, you'll yes. cover a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. But how... So how does life go beyond this? Because, you know, when I have, and most brands have like a large acquisition funnel and mm-hmm. a certain retention funnel that, okay, right. if 100 people you acquire, maybe X number will come back within a certain time frame. Mm-hmm. And there's a large chunk that you're sitting on, which is kind of not really contributing or being active. Mm-hmm. 
So with that large audience, which most brands have when they grow to a certain stage, I mean, the first six months, one year, probably not. But mm. after a year, you will have, let's say, half a million users who have not transacted in six months. Correct. How do you deal with that? There are multiple things to it. Mm. Uh, so there are two legs to it. What communication and personalization. Sure. These are two different arenas yeah. altogether. Now let's talk about communication. So uh, onto our platform, we are getting new things continuously. Sure. For example, we have uh, something called as DGRP, which mm. is a double gold friction plan. Okay. Now in this, uh, the scheme says that if you purchase a jewelry at uh, today's rate, the rate won't uh, fluctuate. Mm. Uh, and if the rate fluctuates, uh, you can uh, you you'll have the same rate. Sure. But this is the usual scheme that we have mm. altogether. Mm. But this scheme says that say if the rate goes down, mm. say if you are at forty thousand, and if the rate goes to say thirty thousand. So you can pre-book at that rate. So you okay. are safeguarding on both the sides, wherein mm. if the gold rate goes up or goes down. Mm. Now we have seen the addiction to this particular service that once a, uh, a user is enrolled to DGRP, once a user is enrolled to DGRP, he or she is coming back again and again and again. That's your prime program, so yes. to speak. Now he's loyal to you. Yeah. All of his extended family jewelry shopping yes. will also happen. Today. Yes. Mm. So uh, impulse buyer is one side, but a user who is taking a very informed decision and not for any uh, immediate uh, purpose kind of a thing, mm. uh, he or she is using DGRP to fullest. Kind of get comfort. Yes. So and this is one. Tells me. Huh, go on, go on. Yeah, this is one. Likewise, there are numerous other communications mm. as well. For example, new collections being uh, coming in, sure. new campaigns coming in. And that will also get curated in some sense because you have like a large catalog yes. and a large number of users. Yes, yes, mm. yes. So these are the different things kind and of. And all the different data points you're collecting on birthdays. Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah. gifts into action. Correct. You know, so the birthdays wala kahani is about gifting, and that's mm. where I was going to zoom in for like a couple of minutes on the sell buy for self versus buy for others mm. kahani. And what kind of data collection and what kind of data execution can then probably help this matter? All right. So uh, essentially, we also have uh, a team called as Delight Team. Okay. Now this team uh, helps users uh, make their purchase. Now a user who is coming on to our payment page, but for some reason is unable to convert. Mm. Now they can get connected to this Delight Team and uh, phone, the convert. WhatsApp, yes, chat, phone, 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 yes. Phone. So they can directly convert from there. Okay. At this stage, uh, a relation building happens with the user, mm. so uh, which is of predominant layer there in the offline world. But is but this the last part of your funnel? How many yeah, people yeah, yeah, do end is. up having a conversation with somebody? Uh, they really do. Almost seventy to eighty percent of the customers do end up uh, wow. on call as well. Well, that uh, like, I mean, doesn't that like make the whole affair a little more expensive as well as effort? But essentially, uh, now seventy to eighty percent of the users who are there on a payment page, huh. not the entire sure. uh, pool, it's because the entire pool is quite big. Yeah. Now this user, I mean, uh, everyone wants that personal touch. Mm. Uh, so if we get connected onto the call, uh, there is a relationship that builds from there. And mm. any time the user wants to purchase a jewelry, they come onto the website. But essentially, they have the comfort with this delight agent that they have. But is this mapped one to one source that whenever owner goes to the platform, it'll be the same agent that will pop? Oh uh, yes, we yeah. have kept it that way as well. Okay. So whenever say Rana comes onto the platform, uh, there is a second agent which is sitting mm. in who has already been connected to that. Mm. So he or she is connected to that agent. But say in case the agent is not there, sure, well, then there's the a fallback. Agent. But default is yeah. typically the default one. is there. Very interesting, and this then has to continue scaling, right? Yes. Because your funnels yes. are going to keep expanding. So the stream of people who are also in yes. uh, contact are also expanding. Wow, some scale of play. Very interesting, Ronak. This is quite exciting. Thank you so much for spending the time. I was very enthused about the way you've put some of these frameworks and how your own journey has grown from managing paid media and that being an engineer converting to paid media and then looking at growth for a jewelry business. So thank you so much for doing this. My pleasure. Appreciate your time and attention. Thank you. Thank you.